I'm going to invite you now. You can take your seats, and uh, why don't you find your Bibles, and let's open up our Bibles. And uh, if you do not have a Bible, you can uh, find our ushers. You can get their attention. Uh, They would love to give you a copy of God's Word, or you can follow along with us on the Bible app. We want you to be able to read with us. And so uh, open up your Bibles and go with me to the book of Not Mark. I know, I like freaking everybody out here. Like, we're, I, we've, we've been in Mark for so long. We're actually, uh, I thought you might actually enjoy this after a few weeks of uh, preaching on things like hell and divorce and all sorts of fun things like that. I was like, Lord, really? This is what you want to talk about? We're actually going to take the month, and we are taking a break in July to really focus on go beyond and why we're doing this. So uh, go with me to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. Uh, we're in the book of Galatians chapter 6, and, and I do want to, uh, what we're trying to get uh, our minds around is, why are we doing this? Why are we doing uh, Go Beyond as a church? Well, since um, Carissa and I came to Fairfax just over two years ago, which is kind of hard to believe, one of the things I've really wanted to do is try to understand our culture, our context. I want to know what makes us tick here. And you guys understand this, that that, um, fresh eyes often are able to recognize uh, things that make a community distinct, whereas, uh, you know, people that kind of grew up around here, like, you may not be able to uh, see that, you're just kind of accustomed to it, you don't always appreciate it because this is normal, this is just the way it works, but those of us who didn't grow up here can see these things pretty immediately. In fact, how how many of you uh, did not grow up right here in Northern Virginia. Okay, yeah. So most of us know this by experience that Northern Virginia is kind of a different world, isn't it? Y'all agree with that? Um, We love it. I love being here. We love telling people where we're from, that we live right outside of D.C. It's really cool. But we all kind of have this love-hate relationship with this area, especially when you're sitting at the same, same red light for a few cycles in a row. Know what I'm talking about? Um, but we all, I think, I think all of us can appreciate the fact that, that this community helps move the world. That what happens here has this kind of ripple effect across the globe. And one of the things that I've noticed about us that really stands out about us here is this spirit that people have, this spirit that we want to do good. Have you noticed that? That, that, that around here, uh, we care about justice, that we care about social issues, that we'll, uh, we will throw our energy into a cause. And, and quite honestly, many of us moved here, like I know you're here because of your job, but a lot of you chose that job not just because you wanted to take a paycheck. You chose that job because you wanted meaningful work. You really want to make an impact that we believe in what we're doing. I love that spirit. I love that drive that we have here. Now, now i got to be honest, side note, that comes then with some spiritual dangers uh, of, of pride and 
independence and isolation. And so we just continuously need to be breathing the air of the gospel to drive us down to our knees and keep our eyes fixed upward. We need Christ. But, but, but as I think about this community, as I was thinking about who we are and what makes us tick, my question was this. What if we could take that drive? What if we could take that, that cause focus, that ambition, that, that courage that exists here, that determination, what if we could take that spirit and connect it with the mission of God's kingdom? I mean, can you dream about how God could use a church right here that's strategically placed in one of the most influential communities in the world and is infused with that driven and intentional heartbeat? Can you dream about what he could do if it's redirected and passionately motivated to make an eternal impact for his glory? Man, that gets me fired up about being a part of the church here. I believe that God is building his church in Fairfax. And I love that he's placed us here. We love this community, which is why we're doing Go Beyond. Go Beyond is an initiative trying to unite people to engage our community through acts of service. That's what we're doing. We want to get after it. We're going to take the entire month of July, and we are going beyond the walls of Lanier Middle School on a Sunday morning. We're going to try to tangibly love Fairfax and Northern Virginia. We're getting our small groups involved in this. We're trying to plug you into various service projects that are going on. We're trying to link arms with community partners. We want to partner with the city. We want to partner with businesses. We want to partner with other ministries that are right here with the same heartbeat, trying to do good in our community community. And quite honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, this isn't just a one-time thing. We did it last year. We're hoping that this initiative is just going to continue to grow exponentially year after year. But I want you to hear our hearts in this, okay? Our heart in all of this is that we love Christ. And we want to get after the Great Commission. And I just believe that we, of all people, should be leading the way in doing good. That we don't get to we don't always believe the same things and, and, and we may not have all the same values and we're going to link arms and serve with people that, that quite honestly we may not believe that but we can do good together and we get the opportunity to boldly tell them why we're doing it. And so I want to let God's word uh, stir our hearts to this effort here in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, we are only preaching through uh, one verse. Count them, one. And all God's people said, we'll see. All right, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. All right, we're here in verse, actually, let's uh, get a running start. See, I told you we weren't going to be able to just do one. Uh, let's, let's get a running start starting in verse 7. All right, Galatians chapter 6, starting verse 7, he says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. We kind of get that. We understand that concept. For one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh. He'll reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And so let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, see this, verse 10. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those 
who are of the household of faith. Father, I pray that you would motivate us. I pray that you would encourage our hearts as we open up your word. Lord, we want to submit to you. Uh, We love to lift high the name of Jesus in worship, but I pray that our lives are an act of worship, that we live in obedience to your word. And if this is what you're calling us to, we want to get after that. And so we're excited about our efforts and go beyond, but we're, we're not doing this so that we would promote ourselves. We want you to get the glory in all of it. And I pray that we would be a church that is leading the way in doing good right here because we know why. I pray that you would help us to live on mission, to live sent here. And, Lord, that you would be glorified in our church and through our efforts as we seek to be obedient to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, um, really that's kind of the big idea. I mean, Phil and I were joking about this, and how do you make a big idea out of one verse? It's kind of the verse, okay? Uh, But I think there are actually three challenges uh, to the church that we see here. So here's one. Note this. Here's the first challenge. Seize the moment. Seize the moment. Do you see that right there? Verse 10. He says, so then, which kind of indicates that he's trying to drive towards application of what he's just said. Uh, Here's the application. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good. Now, the the, the context of what we've just read before is going to help clarify what he means by as we have opportunity. So we need a little bit of context. Verses 7 and 8, this does not count, by the way, against my preaching on one verse. You can't rip a verse out of context, okay? So so we just need a little bit here. Verse 7 and 8 is giving us this principle, right? It's kind of an, uh, an agricultural illustration, and even though most of us did not grow up on the farm, I think we can all understand this, that you reap what you sow. If you sow seeds of corn, you're not getting watermelons, right? Uh, you know, if, if you, you understand what he's saying here, there's, there's two things. You could either be sowing to the flesh or to the spirit. If you're sowing to the flesh, that means you're giving into selfish, sinful desires, then you can expect corruption. You're going to get what's coming to you. It's not going to be good. On the flip side, though, if you sow to the Spirit, meaning you're following Him, you're submitting to Him, and you're seeing what He said in chapter 5, you're seeing the fruit of the Spirit coming out of your life. If that's happening, then you will reap eternal life. Now, let's be really clear here. Paul is not saying that that we have a a works-based salvation, that if you do good things here, that you get eternal life. No, 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 because in in Christ, we are free from keeping the law. That's been the whole point of this entire book. Uh, Doing good works does not atone for your sin. It's not do good in order to go to heaven. Do more good than you do bad and hopefully that outweighs the bad and then you'll be okay it's not how it works we are saved by grace what we just sang the lamb of god in my place that jesus died for my sin and he paid for it with his blood and if i believe in jesus then i am forgiven that means i'm free from the law i don't have to keep that but i'm free to live by his spirit And so if I'm doing that, then verse 9, he says, let's not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, in that time, we will reap if we do not give up. He's saying, don't don't give up. The blessings and the rewards are coming. 
Okay, like there is a time, there is a season that is coming where we are going to live with him for all of eternity. Does anybody get fired up about that? Man, it's going to be awesome, all right? We are looking forward to that season, but what he's trying to help us understand is it's not yet. We're not there right now. But then, verse 10, so when he says, so then, as we have opportunity, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about right now. This present life is your opportunity. Now is the time to be sowing to the Spirit. That's what he means by this word opportunity. The word uh, there in the Greek for opportunity is the word kairos. It's a word that we often use as time or, or season. It's not the Greek word chronos, which is another word for time that really indicates more minutes, hours, days, kind of duration of time. Kairos talks about a a quality of time. What he's saying is this season, this time, this opportunity has a certain characteristic. Your life can be invested. It can be used for good. Now, why is that significant? Well, it's because it, it keeps us from making excuses. Because, honestly, it'd be easy for you to read that verse and be like, hey, uh, as we have opportunity, let's do good. Well, I don't really have opportunities. Like, I'm too, dude, have you seen my schedule? It's crazy. I don't have time for that. Like, I, and nobody's asked me. No, I don't really, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that needs anything right now. And I don't, if they did, I don't really have a whole lot of extra cash. So, I'm like, listen, hey, if, if I had the opportunity, I, I would, but nothing's dropped in my lap. I don't see any immediate needs, and, and, and I certainly don't have time to go out and look for something right now. No, no, no. He's, he's not saying if you have some free time to volunteer or, or if an opportunity to do something good presents itself. No, he's saying your life right now is your opportunity to do good. Y'all breathing? Anybody alive this morning? You know what that means? That means that right now is your opportunity to seize this moment. Are you going to do what God has called you to do? Are you going to invest your life? Are you going to invest your time and your talent and your treasure into something meaningful, into real meaningful work? Don't waste this life. This is your opportunity to do good while you can. And then the gospel actually breathes a little bit more urgency into this charge because we have this awesome promise that Jesus is coming back. He is going to return. Praise God. Can't wait for that. But in the meantime, we better get after the mission now because we have this exciting and and kind of motivating promise. I want to show this to you at the very end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. Here's what Jesus says. He says, surely I am coming when? Soon. So there's not a moment to lose. Man, we got to get after this. The hour is late. And I don't think I have to tell you that your time here is short. And so what are you going to do? How are you going to spend the time and this opportunity that is given to you? Now, the, uh, the warning, I think, is to not get um, distracted by other pursuits. Uh, there's so many other things that are vying for our time and, and attention. And if we're honest, it's kind of usually motivated by our 
selfishness. That when I spend this moment and I make this moment all about me, well then it doesn't really seem worth it to me to spend my time doing something that doesn't advance my cause and it's not really in my best interest and, and really promoting my happiness. I, I, quite honestly, I'd, I'd rather be watching the World Cup. I, I'd rather be going out and hanging out on the weekends with my friends and, and I'd rather be traveling. I just want to take a nap. And, and, and I, 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 I want to get after my hobbies. And, and dude, I'm right in the middle of a Netflix binge. I don't have to, ain't nobody got time for that. And, and I get like, some of these, these are, these are good things. And at times we do need rest. But if we are stingy with our calendars and unwilling to give of our time to do good because we'd rather spend it on ourselves, honestly, we're missing out on God's best. So if you see this moment, this is your opportunity. If you see this as your opportunity to be investing in the mission of God's kingdom, then that means you're going to take the little opportunities that drop in your lap that you weren't expecting and didn't ask for. And you're even going to get out there and try to make other opportunities so that you can do good. And do what God has called you to do. And that's why we're doing Go Beyond. We're trying to make some opportunities for us to get out there and do it. Because otherwise, we probably wouldn't. <laughs> Listen, you have to understand, we did not come up with this and decide, hey, we just need to do some Go Beyond stuff because y'all don't have enough to do. We need to, like, fill up your calendars and keep you busy. That is not why we're doing it. We're doing it because we're trying to be intentional with this season that God has given us here. Hey guys, we're here. We're here. Let's do it. We were, um, my family and I got the opportunity to go up to Lancaster, Pennsylvania just a couple weeks ago, and we were with uh, uh, other churches in our Great Commission Collective. We were with some of the other pastors and their families. It was an awesome time getting up there and praying with them and, 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 and getting some strategy about how we could be planting more churches together and encouraging one another. And one of the things that we got to do is go have some fun together. And so we went to uh, Hershey Park with all of our kids. And, and it's kind of a thing, I don't know even know why, but if you're a harvest pastor, apparently you have to have at least four kids. And so we just had a ton of them that we were taking up. There's a lot of fun. And, and we go to Hershey Park. It was a blast. We had a lot of fun, but it was hot. And uh, it was a Monday after a long ministry weekend for us. And I don't know how they did this, but they somehow designed this entire park uphill. And so by the time that we got done with dinner, we all decided with a bunch of other families, we're, we're going to go to Moe's. Anybody like going to Moe's? Welcome to Moe's. We go to Moe's in the park. And by the time we're finished eating Moe's, we're all done, man. I mean, you can just tell everybody's ready to go. A bunch of other families are already leaving. But my son Judah had a list of things that he really wanted to accomplish while he was here at Hershey Park. And one of them that he had not gotten to yet was the Big Drop Tower. All right, now I love, like there's a part of me that, like, that's my boy. Like I'm really proud of him. I love rides, okay. I, I'm kind of freak about heights. I enjoy being dropped from, I've been bungee jumping, okay. I enjoy this stuff, but I'm getting a little bit older now. 
And I'm wise enough to know that you don't do the drop tower after you just ate a big old burrito at most. And so I'm wrestling with this. I'm like, oh, this could go so bad for me. And, and like, I'm trying to envision, like, how, what's he going to think of his dad when his dad dumps his dinner all over the place because he can't hack it anymore? So I turn to Carissa, and I'm kind of hoping that she's going to, you know, say, babe, we, we got to get going. It's late. We need to get the kids to bed. Uh, you know, we, we, we just need to get out of here. Instead, she turns to me and just kind of shrugs her shoulders and says, we're here. <laughs> we got to do it. Which by we, she meant me. Thanks, babe. <laughs> so I'm like, we, we, we're here. Don't, when are we going to be here again? We don't want to miss this opportunity. We don't want to miss this chance to make some memories with our kids. So I just had to embrace the fact that I'm going to make a memory with my son one way or the other. Praise God, everything went great. It was awesome. We went on the ride. It's one of the best rides we went on. I'm so glad we took the opportunity because we were there. Hey, church, listen, we're here. I know that some of you, I get it. I know that some of you are not planning on living in Fairfax forever. I know that. For some of you, that's super exciting. For others of you, that scares you to death. Maybe some of both. Some of you are living with some uncertainty. You don't know where God is going to call. You don't know how long you're going to be here. But there's one thing that is certain. You're here now. So, so come on. Let's, what are you doing with this opportunity? You don't want to be looking back on your time here at Fairfax just kind of thinking, man, I, I, I really didn't get to know my neighbors. I didn't really connect with people. I, I didn't really try. I, I wish I would have plugged in and tried to serve the community. You see, Carissa was right. And I think someone needs to hear this this morning. So, so can we do this? Let's, let's, let's just urge one another to seize the moment. Can we do that right now? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just turn to your neighbor. I want you to look them right in the eye. Come on, look them right in the eye and say, we're here. We're here. Come on, let's do this. You say, all right, I'm ready to do it. What are we doing? Well, that's the second challenge. Here it is. Note this. It's right there in the text. Verse 10, do good to who? Everyone. Okay, so that's kind of the imperative for go beyond. And I just want you to notice, first off, this is a command. It's not a suggestion. This is, he's already taken away the excuses. It's not like, well, I didn't have opportunity. No, no, no. This life is your opportunity. It's your opportunity to obey God, to get after what he's called you to. He's saying do good to everyone, which then notice this is actually directed toward people. It's not some some general, faceless, this is, this is personal. It, it means that we are called to help people, to, to look out for their interests, to do something that will benefit them, to show them some kindness, to show them that we care. You know what that means? That means we're not doing this for us. We are not getting out there to serve so that we can feel better about ourselves. Uh, we're, we're also not doing this so that we'll look better, so that we can post some really cool pics on social media of us serving at a soup kitchen because we just look so good in hair nets, and, and we just want people to see us and think, man, those people, they just, no, that's not why we're, man, I hope that's not why we're doing that. Do I really care about other people? Well, that's the hardest part, isn't it? That means that I'm going to have to put others before myself. That I'm going to have to make some, 
sacrifice. I'm just telling you, if we really want to do good to everyone, you better be ready. Because people are messy. People are needy. And people can be rude. And it's going to take time. And you're going to have to do things that I don't want to do. And I'm going to have to serve people that I don't want to serve. I don't know about you, but I can think of a few people right off the top of my head that I'd like to scratch off the list of people that I need to serve. It's not you. It's not, not you. You're not on that list. But you know why? It's because my biggest hurdle in all of this is my prideful selfishness. So I want you to also notice then that Look at, look at the text, verse 10. Do good to who? Everyone. There's no qualifier there to that. Notice that it does not say, do good to everyone who you like. Do good to everyone for whom you feel compassion. You're moved to help. Or do good to everyone who deserves it. No, it just says everyone including even the people you don't particularly enjoy. And even the people who you know don't deserve it. Because that's how Christ treated you. Jesus does not love you and make you his own because you deserve it. You know that? I mean, sometimes I think that we rest so much in the unconditional love of Christ, which we should. But I think sometimes in that moment, then, we begin to make this wrong assumption that we are just easy to love. No offense, but you're not. Don't turn to your neighbor and say that. Okay, we're not trying to start a fight. You're not, and I'm not. I know I'm not, but this is the point of the gospel, isn't it? That he gives me grace, that I am loved even though I'm messy, even though I'm needy, even though I'm rude and selfish and demanding, and I don't deserve it, and yet he loves me, yet he gives me grace, yet he shows me kindness. And because he's been good to me, now that his love motivates me to do good and to love others. And so we're going to get after this. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to go and volunteer because we think that we're going to get some recognition out of this. We're not just going to uh, tack on another dollar to our bill at the store for some cancer research so that we don't feel guilty. No, no, no. We are going to give. We are going to go. We are going to do because we care for people. And the reason that we care for people is because we love Christ. And we want to love the people that he loves. So are you going to care about the people around us? We're trying to give you some tangible ways to do that right now. So as soon as the service is over, I want you to grab, get one of these bottles and take it. Would you fill it with money? Would you give? Come on, let's give. Let's support this. Why? Because we value the innocent, these little babies. We care about them because they're people. We value and want to protect life. And we also care about the women that are in need. We want to care for the women that are going to make the decision to keep their babies. And we're even going to care for the women who don't make that decision. Do we care? We're also giving you this opportunity next Sunday to come clean up Fairfax. Why? Because we, uh, we, we don't want you to skip this opportunity because we value beauty and order. 
Why? Because it's a foretaste of God's kingdom. That's what he's going to do. And so we're seeking the welfare of the city. We're going to be the ones that come and do the job that nobody else wants to do. For whatever reason, my kids are really excited about picking up trash. And, and, like Nobody gets excited about picking up trash, but we are. We are going to be the ones leading the way, doing what nobody else wants to do because we're willing to serve. Are you willing to serve? I got to tell you, this, this is why we're doing this. And can I just say, our, our Go Beyond team, Brian and Kay, I know you guys are leading the way on this. They are doing such an amazing job putting all this together. Amen. I love what they are doing. You got to hear, they're not just coming up with all the work for you this year. We, we, we've handed it back to you in our small groups, and we're saying, you come up with it. What, what do you want to do? Where do you see the needs? Who's on your heart? How can you plug in and serve? Come on, church. Let's do this. Let's get after it. Let's go beyond our little circles. Let's go beyond our comfort zones. Let's go, go do good to everyone and serve even in places we might not normally go. Now, now go beyond. you got to understand the point of this is not a, a yearly checklist item so that we can feel better about ourselves. Like, yeah, we serve. We serve, but we, we do that in July. We don't do that. No, no, no. We want to do that all the time. We want, this, we, we want this to stir our hearts to get after the work that God has called us to do and to keep the people of our community in front of our eyes. That's why we're doing this. Do good to everyone. But notice this last challenge here. Note this. Prioritize your church family. You see what it says? It says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. That means people who believe in Jesus. As you look around at everybody who's sitting here, this is family. Hey, hey. This is your family. We want you to be a part of this, all right? And I love the fact that as I look around, like, we don't all look like each other. And we don't all sound like each other. And we don't all have the same backgrounds. And we don't all have the same interests. Quite honestly, when people walk in these doors and they walk in here, they should be a little shocked. They should be thinking, like, what in the world brings all these people together? And the answer is the gospel. It's because through Jesus, God has made us brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love one another. And I realize that for some of you, the idea of family does not give you all sorts of warm fuzzies, and it may not be nostalgic, and you may not have had a really good experience. But we want our church to be the family of God where you are welcomed Without judgment, you are loved without condition. We've got some work to do on that, church. Let's get after that together. Why? Because he says do good to everyone, especially, especially this first and foremost. Love one another. Serve here first so that we get on mission together. See, here's, here's how this works. We go out and love and serve our community as an extension of what's already happening right here in the household of faith. You get that? Like you, you can't put on an act with your family. When I was in a, a senior in high school, I was 
gifted. I was really gifted at putting on the good Christian show. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like the people at, at, at my school, the people in my church, I mean, they thought I was a good dude. And I was trying, all right? I was still a major nerd, but I was trying to be like really sharp and, and, and I want to be that guy that's going in the right direction and making wise choices. I'm a really good guy. I like love serving. And, but at home, it's hard to hide at home who you really are. And I was really, really selfish and prideful. And so I hurt the people closest to me because I really didn't care about others. And God had to break me of a lot. Still is. But you can't fake it with your family. You can't fake it here. Do you want our service in our community this month to be real? Not just some temporary outward act. Do you want that? Do you want it to be something that has substance, something that really means something? Then that means we need to start serving our church family here first. This is where we learn to love. And I just say this as, as your pastor, I'm so glad that you are here, but you have to hear this with some urgency in my heart, that this is why we want you to be in a small group. We have to make this really clear. The mission of Christ is not community service. It's not social justice. Those are outworkings of the gospel. But the mission is making disciples. We want more people to come to know and to love Christ and experience his love right here in community. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad you are here. We want you here. We want you to be a part of what God is doing. And we want you to grow as a disciple of Jesus. So this is your next step for you. If you're not in a small group, I'm going to make it really easy, okay? I'm going to be right over here. Step one, I want to meet with you. If you're not in a small group yet, would you come talk to us? We'll get you plugged in today. We want you to be able to get after God's call to do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We want you to plug in. I'll tell you right now, it is not going to be all puppies and rainbows, okay? We're not trying to pretend here. It's, it's people, and we're pretty messy, but we are people who are passionate about fulfilling the mission of Christ. And we know that we're better together. This is the way God has designed it. And so if you're already plugged in to a small group, and I just ask you, are you loving your small group? Do you love those people? Do you care for them? Are you bearing their burdens are you praying for them regularly? Do you, do, you, do you want to think about their needs before your own? Come on, church, this is family. We want to prioritize this family because when we love one another, God gets the glory and then he sends us out to spread the love of Christ so that when we get out there and serve, people will know this is real. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to invite the worship team to come right now, but I want us to stand together, and we're going to pray, okay? Why don't you stand with me, and we're going to spend a, uh, just a minute, and we're going to pray together. I'm fired up about what God is going to do in our go-beyond efforts, but we can't do this without him, okay? 
And so why don't you, I know for some of you this might feel weird, but we believe firmly in the power of prayer. This is what we do in family, and we love you. If you're not comfortable with this, we get it. That's okay. Someone else will pray. But why don't you find just a couple people right around you, right where you're at. So find a couple of people right around you right now, and let's spend some time praying for our go-beyond efforts, that God is going to help us love one another as a church, and that he's going to help us love and serve in our community. We're praying for God to make a greater impact in our community this month. Father, I pray that our prayers now are a sweet offering to you. I pray, that, Lord, that you would sense our hearts in this, that we want you to get the glory and we're acknowledging we can't do this without you. We want to impact our community for Christ. and We want to be willing to get out there and serve even the least of these, those, the jobs that nobody else wants to do. We want to do good. Not so that we can feel better about ourselves, not so that the name of harvest would mean anything, but that the name of Christ would be lifted up and exalted in our community. And so, Lord, we are acknowledging our dependence on you, praying that you are going to work powerfully. Help us to love as a church, to love one another. And as a family, we'd get after this together and go serve to make an impact for your glory. We love you. And we're so thankful that you love us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray.